Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky, How Sondheim and Lapine Went into the Woods, with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Danielle Furland. Once upon a time. You were on Broadway in Sunday in the Park with George. Right. And um, now... You are not on the video of Sounding the Park with George. Is that because you had left the show already? Well, yes. I mean, I left the show and the um, the thing about, they wanted it to be as close to the painting as possible. And there were some jokes every now and then. I'm like, don't grow, don't grow. Because, you know, the girl in the painting is <laughs> probably three. And it was like a little bit, it was a little bit of a, you know, a joke, but honestly, this, I don't remember. I don't remember. I feel as though there was some, they did reach out to us to tell us that why I don't remember. I feel like that might've been the reason because it was the, because other people had left the show. I think it had a lot to do with it being that I was, I had grown a lot because this was after I'd left the show and right before it closed, I think when they, uh, so no, that is not me. Although some people think it is me because, you know, why wouldn't you? When it's the, every, I think every other cast member's original. Right, me. right. But I'm you- fairly certain. But I, I seem to recall there being, I don't, I didn't take the call myself, but my my parents talking because they, I think, explained why I'm, and this was going to happen. I'm not going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Regardless, why did you leave the show when you left the show? Sunday? Yeah. Um. Like, did you go to a different job or was it? No, like- no. I think it was school um, commuting because I lived in Connecticut and my yeah. mother tutored me. Um, you know, at the time, you know, right now, I think that was probably the reason. 
but I don't remember it. I remember it sort of being like, oh, well, that's what we're going to do. Like, I think we had a certain amount of time because there were other kids and it wasn't that they didn't want me to be happy and successful. It just, it was, it got to be a lot for the family. I mean, we, we did not, I think some kids, especially when they live further away, move to the city and go to like, which schools go to like the professional children's school. Yeah, I didn't do that. Um, If I had done that, that might've been a different story, but I think because we maintained, you know, a semi-normal home life and how long of a drive was it to your it was uh, the train from grand central it was about an hour 35 not too short and um, long either and you you were you were 13 when sunday in the park with george opened um i might have been 12 i don't Uh, remember around that age around that age just before that i mean in in my experience of stephen sondheim between into the woods sunday in the park with george and the um city opera a little night music that you were frederica in which was for public television to me you are such like a you know sondheim canon artist but as a 12 year old did Sondheim mean anything? Were you like a company head or was no, it all- nothing? I wasn't, I mean, we listened to some stuff. My parents were definitely, we had a very varied music taste growing up, but my parents loved to see shows and they, their favorite show by was Evita. They played in constantly. And when my, when I was cast in Sunday and my mother found out who was in it, I thought, I mean, I remember looking back, she was my, younger than I am now and she was like oh my god you know it was very exciting for her yeah yeah they listened to shows they saw a bunch of stuff I hadn't really seen much I saw Annie and had you ever done Annie no I missed it I remember hearing on news radio 88 when it was closing like there I remember being in my parents bedroom saying oh that show's closing that was right before I even entered the business I think but you um, were in the business. You were in the city. I mean, you were creating original roles in Sondheim shows. You weren't going to do like Annie at like the Delaware Summer Theater. Like, oh, and who knows if I hadn't been cast off Broadway in Sunday, I may have. I the same summer that I did Sunday, I played Baby June and Gypsy at the Candlewood Playhouse. Um, and I, I love that. As a dancer, I danced for many years. Tap was my forte. Um, but I loved doing that. That was who was Rose? Do you remember? No, but the yeah. woman playing Louise was dating Tony Roberts. That's what I do remember. Oh, wow. Remember Tony Roberts. Uh, I remember him being at opening night and people saying, oh, it's Tony Roberts. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, but you obviously got to know a lot about Sondheim being yes. in Sunday, both at Playwrights and then onto Broadway. And, um, and I assume because you were a kid, you probably didn't have the same sense of the pressure of was it going to go to Broadway and how are the reviews and all that kind of stuff like no I will I didn't I also even though I knew it was he was highly regarded because I heard I didn't go home and then like research every Sondheim show either I don't recall doing that I mean I know I listened to some other stuff but I remember there being some amount of pressure there was um just during the writing and the the development of Sunday, there were a lot of changes. I mean, you know, yeah. I actually only went in, went in shortly before it closed. And it was, um, I don't know. I remember there being a lot of kerfluffle surrounding that. Like Have the, you read that amazing James Lapine book, putting it together? So yes, that's, um, that's part of it. I mean, it's, it was, it was really an interesting read because I remember a lot of this going on, you know, when there are people who are kind of, 
and I didn't wouldn't call it arguing. I would call it debating creatively. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it was um, I had a great time. I mean, I loved being there. Um, I don't remember a tremendous amount about the rehearsal process. Um, I remember I have snippets. It was all at uh, you know, the studio downtown. Was it eight ninety Broadway? Was that yeah. It? With the elevator, with the door, you know, yeah. that the, I had to do the manual. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I love those studios. They bring back a lot of memories. The, the Michael Bennett stuff. studios, you guys yes, called. Yes, that, right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember having a really good time. I loved doing it. And did you have a sense, I'm sure you, like, a, that it had won the Pulitzer and was the darling of yeah. the New York Times? And after, all- I remember everyone, it, like, the big thing you heard was that. It was a weird musical. It wasn't like other musicals. It's Sondheim. Yeah. He's a genius. Yeah. And that act two was different than act one. And act two underwent so many changes, so many different. I mean, look, all I knew growing up was that process. I didn't do a show. I did Gypsy, but I thought that was normal, you right. know, completely. And I think it is to some degree, you know, you do yeah. develop things, but there were significant changes in both shows, obviously. Sure. And, um, I, what did you ask? <laughs> no, no, you're, this is great. I mean, I mean I, this is what I want from you. So, okay. But so you yeah. get one phone call saying, we're going to bring back the original cast, but not Danielle because the girl in the painting is really little and she's older now. So. I mean, I remember being disappointed, but I do recall, and I'm not, I can't speak absolutely about that, that someone reached out to us to explain why. Sure. And it may very well been James. James called my house to talk to my mother about the job in general. Like he yeah. was so... He was so good with the younger people. He was yeah. really so that that tracks with how he seems like he would be. So, yeah. but then there's another phone call about this new show. Is that the next? Is that tell me oh, about your first okay. awareness that there even is a thing called well, into what, what I remember, and it may be again, I if I'm if memory serves, there was a three-day, two or three-day reading of a new musical, and it was just like an opening number. And Chip Zion played. A prince yes because maybe he told you this yeah yeah he was there he was a prince this he is at this. playwrights horizons is i that- think so there was a longer workshop at playwrights a bit later it was like a two-week um mary darcy played cinderella and betty buckley was the witch yes i did that one as well oh danielle okay like i this is amazing because you're really making I'm my dreams come true right now like what you're making my dreams come true. Oh, really? Like, oh, my gosh. Everybody else has literally said to me, like, yeah, there were some readings or workshops. Depends what you want to call it. And I'll oh, say I things like. More. Yeah, I'll I say things like. exciting things. Yeah. I'll say, like, and Betty Buckley was the witch. And they'll go, I don't remember who was the witch then. And, like, I mean, it's like, are so they, for you to tell but me. But is it because they feel, uh, I don't know, maybe they do remember and they just don't want to go. To, I no, mean, they, I'm not saying people are dishonest. Too. No, no, they'll t- but they'll talk about Betty being the witch in the other workshop later in 1987 or, you know, after San Diego. But because the and way I'm understanding it is that there was a Playwrights Horizons reading, which you just ca- clarified for me. Right, the very early reading? Yeah, and then there was a workshop for a couple of weeks with the people mm-hmm. you described. Then there was the San Diego production, which I want to get into why you didn't do right. that, but that's a Absolutely. But I know that they wanted you and then they got you back there was another workshop after San Diego, and then there was Broadway. Correct. And That's so what I remember. I, I mean, I would love every granular detail of 
anything you can tell me who was in them, who did what, how they went, what the songs were, who's any, I want everything. For, starting from that first, you said possibly two or three day reading. Yes. So I did the first two or three day reading. All I remember was the music. It was some version of the melody that we know. Of the opening um, number. And I don't remember it being Chip until Chip said it many years later. Yes. You know, I had no idea. Um, and I played Cinderella. No, I'm kidding. I played Little Red. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. that be funny? For me. Um, yes. And then there was the two week workshop. I remember Mary Darcy being Cinderella. I remember Robert Sean Leonard was Jack. Yes. And he was a very different, and we were quite friendly. We, um, I worked with him on the good wife in the past. Oh, right. Yeah. And, I, and he was like, Oh my God, you know, we, all that stuff. And, um, Oh my God, it was like Christine Baranski who was in the off Broadway Sunday was, um, Yvonne, you know, um, right. You know that? Yes. And then I worked with her on The Good Wife and we reconnected. It has to, these things bring people back. I know it's a different show, but anyway, okay. Robert Tom gotcha. Leonard was in it. This is the yeah. two workshop and it yeah. was definitely Betty Buckley. Yes. Now being young, I don't think I was privy to, I definitely wasn't privy to exactly what happened. Well, let's save that. Cause that, I think yeah. that might've been later, right? It but, was later. So that happened. And then back, do you remember anyone from the reading other than Chip being a prince? No, I don't remember anything. Was Robert Sean Leonard in the reading? I, he might have been because I remember when he I seem to recall when I did the two week workshop, which I think it was two weeks, he was I remembered him. Yes. Um like could Betty Buckley have been in the reading? I have no, I don't remember. And it's quite possible, but I don't remember. Are you familiar? There's these demo tracks with like Maureen Moore and John Cameron Mitchell. No. And like George I'm not familiar Andrews. with those. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Like, like I'm, but you would remember if George Lee Andrews had been in the reading. Probably, but maybe I remembered it then. And then. Yeah. And then years later, I don't think, so. I really don't think so. Because I did a little night music when I was like 19. And you would yeah, think so that was a couple of years later. Yeah, I, and Maureen Moore, same maybe, but George had a, a bigger presence. Uh, Maureen and I got on very well, but more for he, I was in more stuff with him. Yeah, I don't remember um, that. I don't remember anyone else. I wish I mean, they, they might have just recorded demos because they sing several parts. She sings the witch and the baker's okay. wife and whatever. But um, then, like, because there's this website overture with like just o-v-r-t-u-r that has a lot of information on weird stuff and oh. like the, the cast they list for the um the playwrights workshop is um robert sean leonard you uh mary darcy as cinderella bob gunton as the narrator and the steward from evita bob gunton who was mm -hmm. um joy franz um yeah, nancy yeah. Opel and Jana schneider as the stepsisters i remember nancy opal i i feel i remember nancy opal but again having worked with her um, yeah, I mean, that sounds right. Sounds and uh, good. Howard McGillan and Patrick Quinn as the princes. Yeah, I could, I think it was probably Howard McGillan. Again, I know, I know him from a bunch of different, working on a bunch of different readings and things. Yeah. So stuff like that blends, blends together. together. Like sure. if it were a show, I would remember. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like, I did, I've, you know, he was another one I've known for a long time and you can't quite remember where it started, you know? Yeah. Well, and so do you remember um, a lot of time passing between that reading and that workshop? I don't 
think it was right away, but I don't think it was very long. Maybe because I think I might've been 14 when, right. Because it hadn't gone to San Diego. Yes. This tracks because it was my sophomore year in high school when I did not go to San Diego. And the reason, do you want me to go there yet or not? Yeah, sure. The reason is because at the time it was like a four month commitment because it was developmental. It was difficult, you know, with the family. And then the the other wrinkle was because I had done a few other things. I was, I would have, I would have had to drop out of school. I would not have had enough credits to move into my junior year had I taken that time because of the structure of where I stood academically. Yeah. And everything, those things all together, I was really disappointed, you know, because I also don't think we weren't, even though we had been in a Broadway, a Stephen Sondheim and Broadway show, we weren't. I don't think as well-versed in the, you're giving up this tremendous chance of a future with this show. Yeah. You know, I, I guess we were worried about it, but I don't yeah. remember being worried enough that we would drop everything. I have a younger sister. She's six years younger than me. You know, my mother was teaching like to, to uproot. I know a yeah. lot of people who did that. I know people who move to LA with their kids all the time and do yeah. pilot season. We, it just wasn't really, I don't know. We weren't like a showbiz family so it didn't really think we didn't think let's just change everything you know I guess but I mean that sounds like you have really good parents I mean that they oh I do I do well and also they were game from the beginning yeah being in Connecticut not being a showbiz family to have this dancing school teacher say I've brought some kids in to meet agents you want to do it and they were like okay like you know nobody not uh, many many people I know said to them why are you let let her wait till wait till she's 18 right a family and they didn't, they didn't it. make you wait. They let you did it, do it. Yeah. And they took the train they, with you. They found it exciting for sure. But, but they also encouraged you to stay and do your junior year rather than falling a year behind in school. And the yes, gamble I didn't want off. to fall a year behind either. I, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. But they must've instilled that in you not to give your parents all the credit, but I mean, yeah. but okay. it also paid off because it came to Broadway and they you right. got the offer. Um, it's so funny. The visual imagery. I remember getting in the car with my mother after school. And she was looking at me and she was smiling and she said, into the woods, going to Broadway. And she picked up her hand and we high-fived. And, and she said, and they called and <laughs> I high-fived her. And it was really cute. And, and by the way, then I had to learn, I know things now. And oh, go- that, Okay, so this is what I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Do you what do you remember material-wise from, before, from the workshop before San Diego? I remember, I don't remember, I know things now being in the workshop. Yeah. I remember learning it to go in. I think it's pretty much the exact same. I don't wow. think it changed, which others did. Like the Jack song changed yeah. significantly. Cinderella's did. And I remember thinking, I remember hearing my manager say, this is, this. you have to do this. It's more of a, I think it sounds like more of a confirmation, but don't blow it. Because they saw a lot. Then I heard they were seeing a lot of people. Oh, they to go in as in for an audition. Yeah, I don't, like what I'd heard is that they want you to learn it. Like I went to Paul Gemignani's house to learn it. Yeah. It was like, and Paul Ford was there, you know what I mean? And we went and that was sort of the understanding. But then they saw a lot of people. I know that just through the grapevine. And I remember my manager also saying, don't let that concern you. They do, they want to cover all their bases and they need understudies and don't, because I started to, you know, you get a little worried when you hear about that, especially yeah. when people being like, oh, I thought it was going to be you. I went in for it. Cause you know, there's a lot yeah. of bitches out there. Don't, don't yeah. deny it. <laughs> um, 
yeah. And then I got it. So I was relieved. <laughs> and then, I mean, were you very comfortable with Paul Gemignani and Paul Ford already from Sunday? I was because I didn't have any idea otherwise. It's like, there's something so lovely about ignorance is bliss. You know, I didn't have any of that. Again, I wasn't a showbiz kid. I wasn't surrounded by a lot of kids. I was often the only younger person in the cast. So people generally tended to, and I was also a pretty humble, grounded person. So I think people were like, oh, you're not like that. Your parents aren't like yeah. that. We just didn't come from that world. So I didn't know enough to know to be worried. I just yeah. went around and had a blast. Yeah. Like I remember going to part Sunday. We had so many amazing parties. I yeah. like Kurt Knudsen's son. He was my first kiss. I loved <laughs> him. His name was Josh. I'll never forget him. <laughs> I remember going to the water club like on the East River and walking around with him outside and we had our arms linked and I was in my gunny sacks dress, you know? (laughs) What's a gunny sacks dress? Oh my God, it's like Jessica McClintock. They're these dresses that were sort of popular and they were like sort of Little House on the Prairie-ish, but beautiful colors, like blue with like a little white, you know, like dressy dresses for Mm 12-year-olds, which were now, you know what... Yeah, so, no, it's very different. Kids now. today. Um, but yeah, I really I I didn't know. Like I as I got older and you realize that the reviews and everything starts to you start to really be more um aware of all that. It's like, oh yeah. There's just a lot more to it than sure. Well, and so okay, but also on the the workshop of Into the Woods, mm-hmm. did you feel like this is a show or was there a sense of like, they're going to keep working on this? It's not like, did you have a sense of it not being there yet in your it also, mind? It always seemed in flux. There were so many, there were three little pigs and there, I don't remember specifically everything, but I remember a lot of other, I, I and I hear, you know, after the fact, you hear about them trying to narrow down the stories. There were two yeah. stories and yeah. then the common thread. I don't remember the baker and the wife, though, I from the workshop, but that doesn't mean they weren't there. No, they were. Well, according to this web, well, and yeah. I've heard this, it was a guy named Ray Gill, who I guess died. On- oh, I know Ray Gill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, Everybody loved him. And then um, I guess Chip was really good friends with him too. And Joanna was the baker's wife. She was. That's a name I haven't heard in so long, Ray Gill. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, I mean, having gone through Sunday in the Park with George in your young mind, were you like, oh, but Sondheim and Lapine, they're going to figure this out. This is going to be great. Like, I, I don't recall thinking that. I just thought, oh, I hope this happens. It's great. I thought the material was good, but I, I figured eventually it would, something would happen with the show. I wasn't thinking it's a done deal. I, I mean, I, I didn't know at the time too about workshops that fell apart. Like right, I assumed everything right. that was chopped. Sure. Went. You know what I mean? And I think at the time. Totally. Why? And also as a kid, were you tapped in with the Tony Awards to so the, 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 the fight between sending the park with George and La Caja fall for like, was that something on your radar? People talked about it. They said they hoped that the two men in Lacage would cancel out and people would vote for Mandy. I remember yeah. hearing about that. I remember watching. I didn't go to the Tonys. I don't know why. Well, we weren't in it because it was recorded because of the pop-ups. Um, oh, so that, that, was that number was pre-recorded? Correct. Mm. And I remember being in Connecticut and watching it and it was huge because I hadn't really I mean because I had do you recall this number 
um, from the Tony. It's isn't it um, the it's Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, but there's but at the end there's a really amazing close up of me when he takes off my glasses. Yes, yes. That was like I was like, you know I just loved that because yeah it was a commercial, but I hadn't been in like a TV show yet. Mm. Had you always oh, really, before you did Radio Days? Yes, and I have a good story about that too. I don't know if you want to hear it. Yeah, tell me. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic. And as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from breakfast to dessert stay fueled with easy nutritious options treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum they are ready in two minutes no shopping no prepping no cooking no cleanup enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake avoid meat or just simply to eat well balanced head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code giants in the sky 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Giants in the Sky 50 at factormeals.com slash Giants in the Sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it actually did change the course of the show because I wore glasses. Like if they had cast a child who did not wear glasses, I don't think that would have been written, clearly. Hilarious. I mean, you know how now, often I go, I want my glasses. Yes, exactly. Like, that's what's funny about it. I remember going to the Eye Man on the Upper West Side to get the, and I still have the glasses. Oh, wow. Um, they're like little, like thick frame, like little on um, the round with the wire. You yeah. Know? Very cool. Oh, I love that. Well, that's Look amazing. Um, that's very yeah, cool. jumping all over the place. Sorry. Okay. So, um, uh, no, you're wonderful. This is a, this is such a dream. So, uh, they go to San Diego, then they come back, they have you go in, everybody's going in, but you get the offer. And then at what do you remember when you found out there was going to be this workshop, uh, prior to the Broadway? Yes. But it, but they said, this is the, you're in it. And this is the broad, the workshop. What happens is don't remember the length of time we're going in. We do a staged reading presentation of the show with three different endings. Yes. They had a bit ABC. And then they did that. And then they went back and worked for a month. And then rehearsal started. For, it was four weeks after the end of the workshop. Do you remember how many, how much rehearsal there was for those three staged readings? Uh, maybe, maybe it was a total of 10 days, like a week or 10 days. Because it was on book. And it was... And- um, at play at 890 at Michael Bennett Studios. And that was the entire Broadway cast except Betty Buckley was the witch instead of Bernadette. Is that right? Wasn't it Burke Moses was one of the princes, I think? 
oh, maybe this is oh, great. I there's like zero information so. about this. I don't know exactly why. I think it was Bob Wessenberg and Burke Moses. And I think he got another, something happened. I don't know. I just remember that because I remember knowing Burke Moses after that and being like, oh, you were supposed to be in it. I don't, I feel, I, I may be incorrect. You should. No, no this that. is, this is know. amazing. That's the first time I've even heard his name brought up. So I'm thrilled to have that. Um, but other than that, it was the Broadway cast minus Bernadette with Betty Buckley as the witch. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so like one of the things that's been interesting to me is not knowing what happened where Betty Buckley, like you, Betty did the workshop at Playwrights Horizons, did not go to San Diego and then did this workshop. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, and I know that also in a similar way, the woman that did Little Red Riding Hood in San Diego, Luann Pons, Luann wound up being a replacement on Broadway. Yes, Just and like I, a, I really, we hung out a couple times. I really liked her. Well, and yeah, she, and, and, and Ellen Foley did The Witch at, uh, in the Old Globe and then was mm -hmm. later a replacement witch on Broadway. Mm -hmm. But um, but Betty, I don't know the reason that she didn't go to San Diego, but I assume that it's different than the reason she didn't go to Broadway. So maybe it was a I schedule assume. or whatever. But um, what can what do you remember about that workshop process? I remember being exhausted, feeling like, wow, because I had not played a role like that in a high profile show. I remember re at the end of the reading series being like, wow, but it was like the kind of feeling where you worked really hard and you were like really happy about it, you know, mm -hmm. and differently than the workshop the year before. I, it just felt because it was a complete show. The workshop the year before, I don't feel like was a full show. Yeah. I don't think it was like complete. Yeah. I don't think there was a lot of actual, I don't know if there was an actual, I have no idea. I just don't. It just was different. This was fully staged too. I don't think that was fully staged. I yeah. don't think, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty. Did it feel like a blueprint of what you wound up doing on Broadway? Yeah. Yes, because of the big question was what's going to happen at the end? Like, what do we know about the mysterious man? That was the larger, will mm -hmm. the baker's wife die? Because right. she didn't die in one of the versions. Right. Um, now, I don't, I thought, I think Bernadette is amazing. And I remember thinking Betty was amazing. She was very, very, I remember it being very, very dark. That's yeah. what I remember. And by comparison, um, Bernadette had her, but I think that's what was, she had all these colors, which was also amazing. But as I remember, because there were a couple things surrounding this, I remember before we went back in for rehearsals for the full Broadway, there was some kind of, partial read through or sing through and it it was at someone's apartment and I don't remember who and I walked in my mother was with me and Bernadette was there and I was like and someone said to me she's the witch now and I was like oh like I had no idea um I also remember because we almost got in an accident on the way home we were fine but um I you know there's just a couple things that stand out about that I don't know yeah. whose apartment it was it was really nice and really big um, it, I don't think it was Stevens. Um, but I remember that moment of someone saying, I was like, why is Bernadette here? Like, I, I had no idea. Yeah, and that Paul was definitely Ford, between the two. Paul Ford said something like that too. Um, but, uh, other people had forgotten that that happened, but that, but that Paul Ford yeah. backs you up on that. Um, uh, and so far, I think you definitely win the award for the best memory in the cast. So I'm, I'm <laughs> well, very... you know, I mean, I was, 
No, I don't know. I was young. Well, so, and and you, Dallas, so you obviously, you knew Bernadette already from um, mm -hmm. Sundays, but I'm fascinated by this workshop that went sort of almost straight in to mm -hmm. rehearsals. After you had, were all three endings, was it like a mystery of Edwin Drew thing where you did one ending, one ending, one ending, or did you do no. the whole show three times? The whole show three times. On I, three I different think. days, as you recall? I think so, yeah. I think it was three different days. I don't... Um, I don't, yeah, we didn't say, okay, go back 10 pages and do the end. You know? <laughs> right. No, I don't think so. I believe it was three different shows. And do you remember, um, like, feeling by the third one that, I mean, that's starting to be a little bit like, like you're having, you know, that's, I imagine the first one, it's still all the nerves of like a staged reading presentation. But by the yeah. third one, you're kind of like in the the yeah, hang of it, at least the, up yeah. until the ending, I don't think you were off book yet, but it must have been getting in your bones a little bit. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it felt good. Like I said, it felt very cathartic. I, I just, I, I don't know why I remember that so well, feeling like completely exhausted. Well, even if it's wow. three separate days, it would still, yeah. I think that would, you know, yeah. you remember it being obvious from how they, how it went each day, which was the best choice of the three possible endings? I don't because I don't even think I could be wrong, but what they ended up with was exactly one of them. I think they might've tweaked whatever it ended up being. Interesting. It was always about, I remember the big thing being like, do we know if the, is the narrator or the baby? Like that was the yeah. big. Um, and in one, they don't address it at all. Like it's yeah. just like not even hinting. Yeah. Um, is it hinted? I don't, I don't think of it. Yeah, as I remember. Doesn't he say, I always cried when you held me? Doesn't he say that in the Broadway? Oh, maybe so. And I just don't I remember. Don't, you know, you think I would remember having done the show again. I don't remember. That's fascinating. I, I think. Um, oh, I my mean, gosh. Can I, you imagine? People are probably, probably going to be like, what is wrong? Like, I don't really remember. I feel that happened because I loved that. Like, I, yeah, just getting that one line. So maybe I'm imagining and that's what I wanted, but. I wonder if I can Google this. Um, I feel like it was obvious that it was. I don't think I knew that the narrator was the baby until that revival in Central Park where it was like really, like they made that the whole point of it. The first thing that came up is from an interview with Eric Lieberman, who, oh, was, oh was he the baker opposite you as the baker's wife? Yeah. Um, yeah, and he says, uh, Denny, where there's a lot about you, of course, in this interview. Um, we love Eric Lieberman. Wait, where's the thing? Um, cry. Uh, yeah. Danielle shared something wonderful, which was cut from the original. The narrator says to the baker, I always cried when you held me, indicating- so Maybe that wasn't it. Yeah. Maybe you didn't do it. Yeah. But that is a great line. God, that's so funny that I feel it. like, why do I remember that happening forever? Like, what? because definitely one of the versions had that and then maybe so it wasn't even cut it was like part of that process so he didn't say it yeah because I think they did want to leave it as a question mark and yeah. I think a lot of people assumed it but but that's look I love to make up my own mind I don't want anybody smacking me over the head with anything I love subtlety and like to yeah. leave it, like I think that's the, that's great. That's fantastic. You want to, so, hmm, fascinating. And do, do you remember being told, um, you know, was there a lot of 
talking between the the presentations and then the start of rehearsals about which way things were going. For I example, when you walked into that house and you saw Bernadette, had somebody already told you that Betty was out or no. was that the first you realized? That, that no, that no. Happened? I walked into the house and someone said, I said, what is Bernadette? I thought, oh, what is she doing here? And someone <laughs> said, she's the witch now. And I was like, oh, that was the first I'd heard of it. That was, um, I had no idea. I was also not in the loop. You know, I right, wasn't, no right. going to call me up and tell me anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. What do I uh, care? You know what I mean? Lauren Mitchell and Kay McLelland weren't uh, gossiping with you. Um, so then you start Broadway rehearsals and um, it's a version of the script that you had done in those presentations with something cobbled together for an ending. Right. I and um, as you said that, uh, I know things now was pretty much born in its final form. So that I was- feel, I feel that, I feel that way. I don't remember having to relearn anything. Um, um, but the, so one thing that a lot of people have talked about in terms of songs that were cut and stuff is the second midnight, the long version of second midnight, which mm -hmm. uh, like, again, those demos with Maureen Moore and George Lee Andrews, I'll send them to you if you don't have them. Cause it's great yeah, to hear that. It's great to hear that song. Um, so why does you, every mother fuss and bother? Why does every other child have a father? What did I do wrong? I remember that. And I, you know what I remember? I didn't yeah. have anything to do. And I hated it because I don't, my mother's not in the show and they yeah. never talk about my father. Yeah. Like for Jack, it was present and his mother's in the show. So that was the thing. Cinderella's got her mother. We've got the whole childless baker and wife. We've got, you know, the princes, they weren't sort of a part of that. So I was in the number sort of like singing to no one. I felt very like I was so, no one liked, it had so many different versions. Nobody yeah. loved it, but it was like the, the thing they kept trying to make work because I feel they had a they thought it had a place in terms of talking about the relationships which is yeah valid but I remember being very happy it was cut and then Tom Aldridge had shirts made up that said second midnight gone which is hilarious <laughs> just because of the show ah, that's that. funny second midnight yeah. gone um um but yeah I was like woo because I didn't have anybody I was like why am I in this you know it was like so interesting so interesting right because I, you know, it's, it sounds so good. And it has that verse that people put into children, that Sondheim put into children will mm -hmm. listen for Barbara Streisand to have a more like sing songy version of the song. Right. And now other people sing it like that sometimes. And uh, it's, and I sometimes feel like the show ends like with three ballads in a row from no more to no one is alone to children will listen. Mm -hmm. And so then when I was in working on this podcast and listening to these cut songs, Second Midnight, I've been thinking like, oh, wow, like should just children will listen really belong in some form here more than in the end? Like, it, you know, is right. or, you know, or the um, another thing is like um, on the cast recording on your original cast recording, uh, Bernadette sings that longer version of Lament that has more of children will listen in it. Um, yep. and then that's not really in the show. I didn't, and I, I remember I used to, when I was young, watch the video and be like, why is she singing the short, shortened version? But, um, mm -hmm. do you remember those cuts? I, no, I don't remember that. I mean, that could have been longer. I remember in act two, right. Yeah. It's when Rapunzel dies, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's rings a bell. I uh, honestly, but I don't. 
I don't. Remember. Yeah. I had a scene that was cut. It was. What was that? The granny death scene. Like, I think I go to the, her house and she's dead. Granny, mm -hmm. I think. Am I crazy? Like it could be. Um, <laughs> but do we see you get eaten by the wolf in that? Yeah, but this is after. This is during Act Two. Like her house is destroyed. Oh, go when she's dead from the giant. Excuse you know, me. No, I think I don't remember exactly. Oh, right, she doesn't die from the wolf. I remember something where there was a destroyed, and they had to tighten up Act Two. It just had to be done because yeah. the show was long as it was, and I know that, and yeah. I don't remember exactly why or where, where it was, but I think it was when we, when I said my house was destroyed and I come in with the suitcase, we leave. And I think it's when they're in the woods together. She's with the baker and his wife. They, yeah. they find granny's house. Yeah. Oh, all three of you together. Um, yes. Yes. I mean, the other thing Chip told me was that when Bernadette was cast, that he was told that he was going to lose material because they had to write more for Bernadette. Um, and that there I mean, was it like doesn't a, surprise me just because yeah. it did he lose material i don't even know he referenced the scene now i'm gonna forget it but it was um it, it wasn't that scene so that's interesting though that might have been part of the same cut it was part of the same cut i mean i remember thinking at the time oh there you need to cut this to tighten it up and then stuff's getting added for bernadette but i also remember it's because she's the star like i i you know, you're going to be upset about whatever. I mean, I don't remember being upset. I just remember knowing that. that Had that there not been a sense when Betty was in it that, oh, she's the star? No, she was. But this is, we hadn't fully realized the show. I mean, so ah. once they got it on its feet and there was more stuff written, I think they realized stuff had to be cut. I was never told stuff of yours is going to be cut because it's specifically Bernadette. Right. I just thought she's the lead in the show. I remember when stuff was added or I don't even remember what I was, I remember acknowledging in my head, Oh, well, that's, that's what happens. Like just yeah. because they say they need to shorten it up doesn't mean something sure. won't be added. You no, know, of course, but, but, but it's also this to further the story. Yeah. Like absolutely. They cut something, but if there's something else that they discover later on works, they're going to put it in. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, but so in your memory, there was not a different sense of the witch being the star when Bernadette was there than before Bernadette. It's so hard to determine that only because we were in a full, like my memory of Bernadette was all through tech. And, you know, with Betty, it was only, it was preliminary. You know, we didn't get yeah. to a point where it was fully realized. Yeah. She definitely was known as the star. I mean, I, I felt she was, I knew Bernadette better and I knew of her more but I, right. there was a sense that she was the star of the show. I mean, did whereas I mean I know we're not that far apart in age. Like I, I even at that time, I was aware of Betty from Cats and from Eight Is Enough. Right. So she, I remember know, that. Yeah, that was. No. I mean, so that meant something to you, yeah. Oh, definitely. It was just because I think the familiarity with Bernadette and. I don't yeah. think there was any sort of like, oh, you know, where a stuff wouldn't have gotten caught if Betty was in it. You know, I think I just remember during the process stuff having to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for because I don't think that was that was cut in previews. Some of that stuff was cut during pre. Like, really interesting. Oh, yeah. I remember the granny scene was cut early and previews were long. I think they delayed opening like a week. Previews were like six weeks or something. It was ridiculous. I mean, in my mind, we we're all like, oh, because it's tiring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then how about like once uh, the show was open, 
Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, did you have a sense, like the way I asked about Sunday as a kid, did it come into your bandwidth, uh, to your radar that the the show being sort of pitted against Phantom of the Opera as the, you know, vying yes, for the Tony at the, tone, at the time of the Tonys, I absolutely yeah. acknowledged that. And I felt like, how does a show at the time win best book and best score and not yeah. win best musical, but the show that wins best lighting and best costumes wins best musical. I didn't get that. I was like annoyed at the time. Yeah. Um, but we, I also had heard, you know, this is amazing Sondheim. This is his first even semi like commercial thing. It just was so appealing to so many people. Yeah. And I like a big, I remember knowing that people were really excited about it. Like that was very exciting. But- you felt like you were in a hit in a in a yeah special. something that people loved like really yeah. really loved oh and also you know the whole thing about the wolf's costume being uh, no. sort of, oh yeah um, it was beyond uh, anatom they were trying to make him as anatomically correct as possible I mean they had to significantly adjust his genitalia because it was you know huge and people were like shocked by it apparently <laughs> including me because I remember the first time I saw it I was like like <laughs> and it was a combination of they had to tone it down and I remember yeah. James joking saying oh the little old ladies in the front were having a heart attack you know it was really like beyond I wish there were a picture of that somewhere that would be amazing yeah we'll have to get the um the costume <laughs> uh, and hold word archives um what do you um this was a show, I mean, Ben Wright was about your age, wasn't he? Yes. And I worked with him at a show at Playwrights, uh, on a show at Playwrights when I was a freshman in high school called Paradise. What was by, It was written by George C. Wolf And oh, wow. Ted, uh, no, Ted Sperling was the musical director. David Loud was the musical director. Oh, wow wrote the some um I can't remember who directed it but it was myself and then Charlene Woodard wow Tommy Hollis I can't remember who played my mother my father was Jerry Lanning but then he had some health issue or something and Steve Vinovich took over now he was the um original uh Patrick and Mame Jerry Lanning right yeah Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here's Paradise. Uh, 14 performances in 1985 at Playwrights Horizons. 14? 14 performances. We didn't run for 14. That is totally wrong. We ran like- Ted a- Pappas directed. Ted Pappas directed. Yes, yes, not Ted. Yeah. George Wolf wrote the book and lyrics, music mm-hmm. by Robert Forrest. David Loud was the musical director. Yes, he was, because I'm confused with Ted Sprung. That's so true. You, yeah, Jerry Lanning, Charlene Woodard, Ben Wright, Tommy Hollis, Janice Lind. Janice Lind, yes. Hmm. Interesting. Um, it was oh, not Ben Wright. Uh, so that was nice that you had like a friend. Had he been in that workshop? I assume then in the in the summer. Oh, that was um, oh in the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the two week one before, way before. Yeah. And so, uh, so you weren't the only young person because Kim Crosby was an adult, right? She was not in the. Yeah, and Ben was. Um, he was starting college though when we oh, okay. two years older. So you were the baby still. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you were older than you'd been in Sunday. Do you, what do you remember about that run once it was sort of just an ongoing, you know, the woods run? Yeah. Oh, um, 
I mean, it was definitely a lot. I, I look back and at what I did and, you know, the trains were so crazy back then. They broke down every day. You so were a junior I, went, I was a junior and I went in. So my high school made some sort of exceptions in terms of the amounts of credit, like extra um, elective credits. So I took all my core classes and I had a meeting with like a guidance counselor. And then I would get on the train pretty much at like 3.30 or 4 because we didn't want to risk it. And I would yeah. get into the city, then do my homework um, at usually a place. My favorite place was Tony Roma's, A Place for Ribs. Because yes. they have stairs. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you took the train Brian, by yourself at that point. I did. But then at night we had an arrangement with Barbara, Barbara Brennan and I commuted together. Sometimes we, um, cause she was in Westport. So we drive home together. Her husband, the cutest couple, Denny Spence used to have his shoes specially made because these feet were so small. They were the <laughs> sweetest. Um, and my mom, you know, my parents wanted to know that Barbara, we would go to Grand Central together at night, but then I would get on the train by myself. I always sat in the front of the train with the techies from all the shows. That's where yeah. they are. So, okay, this great run, big hit. You get the inflatable giant's leg outside the theater. You're yeah, which I've heard has gone missing. Is this true? Isn't it true oh, that wow, they can't that's... find it? Oh, maybe so, because they used it for the revival. Yeah, I think there's an article in the Times. You should look it up. I think I Thank you. that they can't find it and that it's like a huge, and people are like, what, how do you lose those? There were two, I think. Well, I, I'm I, sure I, it was I had the article, but I can't remember. I think yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. How do you, how do you lose that? Um, yeah, I was, I mean, it was a lot, the run, but I enjoyed myself. I remember they the summer. For the whole run. I didn't. Again, I would not have graduated. And I left after like a year and a half. I didn't leave right away. It's been a you long know? time. Yeah, I was, it only, it ran for two years. I, I left like seven months before it closed. Yeah. And then we came back and did the PBS in the spring. So that like a, you had to come it, back after you'd left to film it. Yeah. And the people in the current cast had to agree. You know, you can't yeah. just meet people because they wanted to record the, the week of live shows. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So, so do, you, do you remember any of the replacements that came in while you were still in it? Felicia yeah. Rashad, Nancy Dussault. Felicia was, I didn't work with Nancy. Um, oh. I don't, yeah, Felicia was just a, a wonderful person. Completely different character, but I loved every bit of her. She came to my closing performance. Oh yeah, I must have worked with somebody else because she wasn't in the show when I left. Yeah. Came back and I said, why are you here? She said, I'm here for you. I I just loved her. I thought she was just, and Bernadette don't even, I mean, she's beyond, I talk about her when I do masterclasses about how the true, the true theater star who is always a million, gives a million percent, never, never witness anything less than giving everything her all respect professionalism just everything about her was like the classiest day and you know you you reflect on it I reflect on it as I get older because just from being young like what my perception of her then and how what I remember about her and how she dealt with everyone and just her person like everything was just like 
I, I can't, it was perfection. I mean, really, really just amazing. How did she deal with everyone? What, what do you mean? I felt people weren't, no, at the, she wasn't the kind of person who, you know, people skip naked around the dressing room. You know what I mean? She was, she had a, like, she, she was very, I, I, she wasn't, I don't know how to say this. She might've been very close to some other people. I was a younger person. I felt she was, she hung out. Uh, I mean, we went out to lunch sometimes in like groups, but I don't think, I think she was just always professional and very wonderful and sweet, but I don't know if she, you know, cause I could, I could be lying. I have no idea. Maybe she did go out to bars with other people. Right. Just not me because but, I was only 16. Um, I just mean like she was so by comparison, I, I don't know why I'm saying that. Like I've definitely worked with big names yeah. Um, then, and sometimes they are very distant. But then I've also worked with just people who do a lot of theater, who are really like balls to the wall, who are buddies with everybody. So I guess that's what I'm sort of comparing and it to. She was which which of those things? She was very friendly, but I felt very professional and did. She was there to do her job and do yeah. it, and always give a mil. Like I said, a million percent. I don't know how else to describe it. She was yeah. just and not skipping naked around the dressing room though. No, exactly. That's what I mean. I mean, we weren't in the same. I have no several people have done that. Not me. I have to. <laughs> um, and being like, Woo! you know, all the time. I just, just, you know, it's a different kind of. I don't know. She was like a lady, you know, she yeah. was amazing. And yeah, Gordon Murray was in it. For yeah. Life, the Baker's wife. Yeah. Um, Kay McClellan played the Baker's wife for a bit. Yeah. Um, she and Lauren Mitchell both covered. Mm -hmm. I think she ended up doing it more. I don't exactly know why. Yeah. Um, who but else? Could what it was the witch that came after? If you weren't there for Nancy Dussel, maybe it was Betsy Joslin. Oh, it was Betsy before, right? She did it before they. Oh, and I love Betsy. She was amazing. Yeah, um, you knew her from Sunday in the Park. Oh, but hilarious! Just as a person, she was just like I loved her. I loved yeah. everybody. Merle was like, oh my god. Talk to me about Merle, because I oh, mean. Best. Oh my God. She, her dressing room was right next to mine. She was like, my little baby, I'm going to squeeze your face. She was just Swahili, you know, because she went and spent time, I, I don't know, right. everywhere. And she was just like this little funny, hilarious, like, I remember a party where she was like dancing. She was like, you know, like she was like a, I don't know, like this little spirit. She was amazing. <laughs> she always made me feel, everybody was so great. Joanna, like they were just so, she was so loving and so giving as a person, as a performer. Joanna. Yeah, and totally professional when she was working. But again, everybody in that show, I don't know one, I don't, in my perception, I don't know one person who wasn't always there to work and discuss, like just really committed to everything. I don't, yeah. I can't say that about everything I've done since then. That's for sure, but. Yeah, but do you think that you took that for granted at the time? Because you assumed everything yeah. was like that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I absolutely did. I mean, do you, I wonder if you have this sense now having done, I think maybe we talked about this last week, but have now that, especially now that you did that other production later on where you play, or two other productions where you played The Baker's Wife, that this is a show that feels so um, seminal to so many people just from having been fans of it or having done mm -hmm. some... Uh, you know, whether they did it in their high school or their college or community theater or a regional production or a revival, that mm -hmm. sense that you actually are the one, not only who created the role, although you certainly did create the role, but also that because of that American Playhouse video, 
that every inch of your performance. I mean, I often think with into, you know, with other musicals, people sometimes have the original cast recording in their mind as a fan, you know, is hanging a shadow over future casting or, or productions. But with Into the Woods, it's more than the cast recording. It's every single moment. So many of us grew up you know, memorizing all your performances, just knowing every second how, you know, Joanna Gleason saying, I pulled it from Maiden in a Tower. It's yeah, like, yeah. how does anyone playing the baker's wife escape that, like, you know, know, right? I don't know, because that was tough. Let me tell you, I was like, I have to accept that I'm just not going to be as good. Like, I might, I'm, I'll be me, I'll be funny, but I won't be as, I mean, it's just, you can't. She was the the blueprint, you know, you can't. I don't know. I loved it. I loved singing Moments in the Woods. I have yeah. to tell you, like, I remember every second of every night mm. just sitting there and taking my hair down. I loved, I loved, that song is like a delicious bath. It's like gorgeous. And when you're in it, it's like, oh, it was just unbelievable to be able to sing that. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I've heard, um, I'm going to talk to Joanna later today, actually. Um, I've heard that she had a lot of um, input and feedback in the writing of that material. And I think you can tell it feels like a song written for an actor that just, you know, more than songs tend to, even Sondheim songs, that the beats of that song just feel so human and, and yep. clear. Um, how... Are there other things that you came to appreciate differently about the show over the years? Definitely. I mean, the whole arc of, you know, children and being able to have children, what that means, not being able to have children, what people, the lengths people go to for their families. Also, just the whole message of be careful what you wish for, you know, and after Happily Ever After, it completely changes and it just morphs, you know, because you don't under, there's just things you don't know or understand yet just because you are younger or that you haven't lived. So yeah. it's just, and you know, I don't stop and think, oh, well, this has changed, you know, listening to it again or being it again. That's when it happens when you're suddenly like, oh, that's so fascinating. And you don't, or it hits you emotionally in some interesting. Yeah. Now, I know you haven't seen the current revival yet, but um, ha have you seen other productions? Many, many productions. Like, high school, college, you know, just a lot. I saw, I didn't see the park. I don't know why. Obviously I saw the revival. Yeah. Um, I saw the movie. Yeah. There's a cool video because, you know, the park was based on a version they did in the Regent's Park in London. Yeah. And yeah. I that one exists on video also. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, that's just a very interesting because they did that steampunk, you know, it was just yeah. a different, a different take. Did you see the one they did um, at the Laura Pell's? where it was like a uh, oh, fiasco. Uh, fiasco. Yes, I yeah. did. That <laughs> I was very it. cool. That was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. And are, your kids are both teenagers, is that right? I have a 12-year-old and a 16-year-old. And um, I'm, I'm sure they've seen the video of you as Little Red. Um, I mean, has that, are they, do they do theater? They, you know, they both have done a little. They're not as into it as I am my my younger one does is has a really great voice I mean he is singing he doesn't really like to sing alone um but they you know they like many children of actors are like oh okay no biggie you know they don't yeah. you know what I mean it doesn't affect them as much in that way I mean I know they're proud and impressed but it's not like 
uh, fans, you know, <laughs> because and it, just, it shouldn't be, you know, they're when they when when other kids who are theater fans find out who their mom is, they probably are very impressed. They, yeah, it's true. And my younger one, who is a little like, he just is a different spirit. He's very enthusiastic. He'll so he said something to me a while ago, like my friend told me blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, like you know, I was in that. Like, don't you? Well, I didn't remember. I'm like, well. Why not? Like, I was like, yeah. and then that happened in your lifetime. Like, it happened a year ago. It's so funny. I don't remember what it was. I was like, yeah, because yeah. I looked like he was telling me, but I was yeah. shocked that he didn't remember. Yeah. It's just really funny. He's like, I don't remember that. I was like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. He's hilarious. They're hilarious. Hilarious. They're great boys. Um, well, you're hilarious. This is it's so I really can't tell you how grateful I am to talk to you. It's like it's I fantastic. I'm I'm so is there I mean I I probably will have to email you and ask you other questions because I'm sure absolutely this, and you won't put in anything embarrassing. I don't know. I wish I had other funny stories. I don't you know if you want to know anything else, I can't really. But yes, e, please feel free. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've been incredible. You've been so, so candid and informative. I mean, and I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, but of course, if there is anything else you want to share, I'd love to hear it. Um, no, just one thing I remember just in, in reference to the commute was like any time because the set would break a lot, like not a lot, but enough. Yeah. Like Dick Cavett was the narrator. He'd go out and do stand up. Like when Oh, the set right. Was. Yeah. And I remember thinking... I'm not gonna make the train because it was bad. I mean, it was the train was 11:20 out of Grand Central, and the show was like 2:50. I mean, that's cutting it close with like yeah. clothing. At I mean, Grand we would run. 45th. We were, I usually, I usually walked because it was quicker than going down into the shuttle. It yeah. was just faster. Um, but yeah, that and um, I don't know. One gone. thing that I've learned in these conversations that wasn't clear to me before, you know, there have been all these amazing um, Sondheim sort of tribute concerts over the years. I mean, especially in recent years, because, you know, he's such a god to all of us. But but yes. even back in the day, you know, um, and this Into the Woods video has that energy about it. And I didn't understand until recently that it was almost two years after you'd opened. And it really, yeah. you really were these stars coming back to your hit show that you'd left. Mm -hmm. So I think that informs it in a way that fuels that kind of rock star energy that that I think um, it, it's, it's, I think people feel that watching the video without necessarily knowing why, because one would assume it was just kind of during the run. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Cause we opened in November, I think. And yeah. this was like May or June. Yeah, of 89. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a year and a half, a year and a half exactly, yeah. Do you, yeah. Um, do you remember changes made for that filming? Anything that affected um, you? I don't remember. I do remember we recorded the shows and then they do pickups of like things like the tower and yeah. during the day. So we were working a lot. Um, I don't remember specifically I just remember it was a lot and I loved it, but I was really happy. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing compared to the Sunday in the park video um, is that James Lapine directed it for the mm -hmm. screen. And it, I think that that pays off that in a way that it's, it feels like that it couldn't be captured any better than that video is, as opposed to Sunday in the park where it's just kind of like a video of a play, you know? 
Right. It's beautifully done. It's like a hybrid between theater and film. Like it's, but yeah. it still stays true to the stage production. It's not because yeah. sometimes you see things and you're like, oh, this isn't really. No, oh, it's not like ridiculous close-ups of people's feet or right. whatever. Exactly. You know? That's why I think it works so well and it's so effective. It's well, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you'll continue to have new fans for, for decades because of that. It's such a timeless. <laughs> I know. It's so amazing. It's really nice that it has that. It's just with everyone you meet who, who are affected in that way. It's like, it never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. It's amazing. It's You're a rock star for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once being at the, du I used to go to the duplex every Thursday when I was in college um, to see these particular Jay Bradley and Bill Morgan. And yeah. um, it was amazing. We would always go, they would sing the same songs and I would always sing, you know, like some Elton John or something. And this guy came up to me and was like, talking about you know, my upbringing, you know, Connecticut. And I remember him walking away and I was with my friend Patty and she was like, what? I said, I just don't, like, he knows that about me. Like, and I wasn't trying to be mean. I was just like, that's what he does with his time. Like there's <laughs> interesting people out there and I really mean it. I'm like, wow, that's like a fan. And I was like, huh, you know, cause things like that don't happen a lot. They're like, oh, you have a brother and a sister, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, it was just fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, but you are interesting. I mean, I think part of what um, made you, and it's also true of a lot of the people in the original cast of Into the Woods, mm -hmm. but but certainly you, and it's noteworthy, especially because you were a child actor, you know, mm -hmm. is that there was, there was such a person there. You know, yeah. there was nothing automaton about you. No, it, that was, was everybody, yeah. Attitude and, you know, it's just, and it's, I mean, it, I, I think that's why you were such a, um, compelling um force in those things you know yeah. and um and the other stuff you did and you know it's especially striking for a child actor whether it's in the in radio days ready aphrodite right. alone music that you know it, it doesn't feel like a, just a cute kid it feels like somebody that like gets it you know yeah yeah i suppose it's true and by the way, can you believe that Kim and Bob are married? Isn't that hilarious? So did that happen after yeah. Into the Woods? No, I remember uh, if I'm, I don't think I'm making it up. I remember her coming into our dressing room being like, he took, I think their first date was the Drama Desk Awards. I think, okay, don't. But I remember her saying, I think Bob just asked me out. Like, I really, really remember this. And I'm like, did you make that up? You know, because I was like, what? Because it was Pamela Winslow and I, we got, it's funny because Pam is from Maplewood, which is, right where I live and I met her like a couple years ago with her parents at her old house it was so funny we're like this is so strange but yeah um that was so crazy yeah and we're both in, I mean and they're still together like it's doing the thing in Costa Mesa and then bam that was really just you realize when you get there it was a little stressful in terms of the material it was a lot but yeah. then just looking around being so grateful to have that time together was like it was stunning yeah and Mo yeah. Rocca making that great joke about when they do Into the Woods in China, they call the song Child Will Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. I remember James was like, oh, like. <laughs> I thought that was the best. I was like, that's oh, that's hilarious. so bad. That's amazing. Um, he's great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and um, on that. That's <laughs> amazing. Um, well, thank you again so much. You're wonderful. And thank uh, you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Yes, please do. Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods on the Broadway Podcast Network.
Check out episode four, where I talk with Ira Weitzman, the original dramaturg. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.